Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, brought to you by Generation to Generation, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Hello everyone, this is Andrew and Daphne from Generation to Generation, and our guest today is Margaret Cornell. Margaret, for people that don't know who you are, can you just say a bit about where you're from, maybe some about your history and what you're doing now? Right. Well, I was born in London in 1944 in an air raid and a bomb dropped just up the road from where my mother was in labour. And she said I was like a bomb dropping in her life. Anyway, I was born in London. And then I when I met my husband, Tony, I moved up to East Anglia and we lived in several places in East Anglia for the last 52 years. So um, basically, I thought I was a Christian, but actually I didn't get born again until I think we'd been married about seven years. So we kind of fought out our life for about seven years until I met Jesus and he changed my heart. Anyway, I actually wrote a book. um, I've written a book called A Life Shared about Um, all that so I I won't tell you any more you can go on Amazon and buy that but uh, during the time that we were Christians we heard God very clearly say to go and start a church so we did we moved to Ely in Cambridgeshire and we began a church with 14 people two of whom were our own children and we left that 25 years later with about 250 people and my son and daughter-in-law now passed to that in Ely. Mm. And we moved and uh, we live in a little village called Islam. And in fact, we lived there for 12 years when my children were small. And mostly at the moment, I am really busy teaching people how to hear God's voice. Because when we hear God's voice, it develops intimacy between us and the Father. And that is the most important thing that we can do. Because Jesus himself, that's how he ministered. That's how he lived, out of intimacy with the Father. So uh, we uh, teach on Zoom, of course, at the moment, as probably everyone else. And uh, we teach four keys to hearing God's voice and other courses by Mark. And I'm just about to do one called Through the Bible, which is hearing God through the Bible Mm. rather than the other one, which is mostly hearing God through his Holy Spirit. So and then I'm I'm just I've got people I mentor people and um, I'm just really busy. You mentioned Mark. having, having a lot of fun doing it, really. You mentioned Mark. Who's Mark? Mark Verkler. Mark Verkler. And he began uh, a, a marvelous teaching about hearing God many years ago now. And he has taught thousands of people how to do it. A very simple method which enables people to key into the presence of God. And for people that listen to this podcast, they say, I want to find out more. How can I get in touch with Margaret or Mark? Um, Where can they do that? Okay, Uh, Communion with God Ministries, www.cwgministries.org. That's Mark's website. And he has lots on there about all his courses. 
My website is www.hearinggodsvoiceuk.net. Okay, and I will put the links in the description. So for people that want to find out more, uh, they can go there uh, and hit the links, which I recommend they do. And yes. I would like to say that there are some books based on Mark Berkler's um, teaching where parents can actually engage with their children on hearing God's voice. So mm. that is another thing they may be interested in doing, which you can get off yes. our website called Living with Jesus. So I just thought I'd throw that one in the yeah, middle there. I'll put that there yes. as well. I know now, Mark, Daphne's, they use the books all, as well. Sorry. We always recommend Daphne's courses um, that she has... Uh, arranged for children to be able to hear God's voice. And Mark has um, a good course called Rivers of Grace, which is all about parenting your children through the Holy Spirit and not just doing it through natural means, natural knowledge. And uh, so he's really into including children. In fact, he included his own children and they are wonderfully ministering. I mean, his daughter Charity has done lots about angels and um, it's wonderful, wonderful teaching. Very solid, very biblical. So I yeah. highly recommend them. So we, we wanted to invite you on, Margaret, because the, the world we live in now is very noisy. It has been for a number of years, but especially these times we're going through right now where everyone's dealing with COVID or lockdown or we're, we're talking political things or you can pick any number of subjects we're all dividing over them that's both inside and outside of the church um, and it can be very hard for people to find that that place of stillness uh, and to be able to uh, not just hear from man which we're hearing way too much from probably <laughs> too much. Um, but to be able to to be able to sort of silence that a little bit to be able to hear from God some people may not even know that you can hear from God. Some people may may know they can, but not sure how they can do that. And uh, we thought this was a really good time to have you come on and talk about this subject because yeah. now we, we really need people to be hearing from God themselves to be able to help navigate these times that we're going through. Well, if we don't hear God, we are not going to be able to function um, successfully. I believe in, uh, I mean, I might watch the news for five minutes and I think, okay, that's fine, but I will not fill my mind and my heart with all of that stuff. And if people start sending me rubbishy things on Facebook, then I don't watch them. And I'm not interested because I want to know what God thinks about everything. I don't want to know what man thinks. And God knows everything. He's seeing the whole world from a distance. So what we have to do is connect with him in the heavenly places and hear his mind. And knowing his mind, now, because uh, my second book, which is uh, Why Me God, I wrote because I had lymphoma, 2017, diagnosed, two months to live. And when the doctor said to me, well, there's this treatment you could have, but actually it might not work very well in a 73-year-old woman. I said, right, I need a week to speak God. I want to hear what he thinks about what I should do. And I was quite prepared not to have treatment or to have treatment, but I just had to know what God thought. And so for a week, I took time out to be really quiet 
and to hear his voice. Now, I knew he could speak to me through lots of different ways. I knew he could quicken the word of God to bring rhema into my thinking. He could show me what um, he wanted me to do by journaling and showing me in my mind's eye exactly where he was in that situation. Mm. And I knew he could give me dreams, he could give me visions, I could look at prophetic words that I'd had in my life. I could use the input of spiritual people that I knew. And I could just know deep within my heart those spiritual hunches about what to do. So anyway, I was seeking God and I just had this really clear picture of him asleep in the back of Peter's boat. And I saw Jesus wasn't bothered by the storm. Oh, I thought, I'm in a storm and Jesus isn't bothered by it. And I knew he wasn't bothered because he didn't care, but I knew he wasn't bothered because he knew he was bigger than the storm. And so I uh, spent my um, week and I eventually really heard clearly from God, much to my surprise, to take the treatment. So I did. And then I walked with God through it and cultivated his presence the whole time so that I was utterly and completely delivered from it um, before the end of the treatment. And I know that was supernatural. So bearing in mind, that is my principle for life. If I look at what's going on around me, I want to know what God thinks. And I want to get into that realm where he lives, you see, um, you know, prophets in the Bible, another name for them is they were seers. And so they saw and they saw into the spirit realm. And when we are able to see into the spirit realm, we are in the realm where God is. But we have to learn how to quiet ourselves down. And that's really the four keys that we teach people. Mm. We teach them quiet yourself down and we got some actions that go with it quiet yourself down still your heart and you can do that by worship or reading the word or praying in tongues or whatever we can do it in lots and lots of different ways so we talk to people about the different ways they can use to get their heart stilled because the one thing that you mustn't have is something blocking your vision. And we call that an idol in your heart. Hmm. You know, if you've got everything about the situation right in front of you, you'll hear back from that situation and you'll just hear your own anxieties and, and all that sort of stuff. So you have to get them out of the way, put them down. So you quiet yourself down and you fix your eyes on Jesus. So I always say, Jesus, where are you? Where are you in this situation? Where do you want to take me to speak to me? And he takes me to all sorts of different places, sometimes a little cabin, sometimes a seashore, sometimes in my own room, loads of different places. And he uses that place to speak to me very clearly. So I quiet myself down, fix my eyes on Jesus, and I tune to the spontaneous thoughts that flow from my heart. And, and then I write them down. I catch them. 
And it's really important you come boldly to the throne of grace to find grace in time of need, because you have to believe that if I'm quiet and if I'm focused on Jesus, I'm going to hear back from Jesus. And so that's my principle of life, that um, actually when I haven't done that in a crisis situation, I could tell you the times when dreadful failure has happened and I've been in a terrible mess and it just doesn't work. So that that's um, what I would teach people to do. And um, there is nothing, nothing better than being in the presence of Jesus. And there's nothing that keeps you at peace, full of love and joy and all that, other than being in his presence. So that's it. He wants us to have access to his realm. And... Yeah. And I think that will be the secret, whatever happens. And, you know, when I talk about having an idol in your heart, you know, all of this stuff that's going on around us is just vile. Now, OK, so I kind of want to know about it, but I want to keep it in my peripheral vision. I mustn't have it as my focus in life hmm. because that's my downfall if I do. And if I keep all of that out there, I hear what he has to say about it. And he gives me wisdom and understanding. And it's just great. Mm. So, so there are people listening. And, and I should imagine they're saying, well, this is all very well. Hearing his voice and pictures and everything else. and But how can I know this is really from God? Now, you know, I have been in some of your courses and I've been on some of your training and one of the things that has helped me and different different people will have different things I don't think there's a one formula fits all but it's having people you can check these things with ah yes I mean we're strong believers in accountability and all the rest of it and mm. and I thought this is something that brings security in what uh -huh. you're saying what would you say about that Oh, absolutely. All our courses, we say you need to find three people that you can trust. Spiritual people, they can either be a friend or a pastor. You always hope your pastor's a spiritual person and as someone that hears God for himself. And so that's what you have to do. You have to check your stuff out. And we always say initially you should check almost everything out with somebody else. And then once you know you get into the swing, you can just check out the stuff that you're not sure of or that you think, oh, no, I don't know about that. And then if you've got that uh, also, the biggest check really is, does this agree with the word of God? Right. And I see it in the word. And if I can and if I've checked it out, I can be absolutely sure that it is God. And you know, the Bible talks about our senses becoming trained. And that's what I think we have to do. We have to train our senses to be able to be sure that we're hearing God. And of course, you know, when I was sick and I'd heard about all of this, actually loads of people contacted me. And I really had clear wisdom coming from spiritual people, especially my husband, of course. And um I obviously that he'd be the first one I'd check anything out with because he walks with God himself and hears God himself. So, yes, accountability. 
I think, is our saviour um, from error. Yeah, I guess it's a bit like in a sport. If you're, if you have to practice a certain move over and over and over and over and over and over until it's muscle memory, you just automatically do it. Yeah. And but along the way, you make mistakes, right? So, um, in this process of of learning to hear from God, uh, is it okay to make mistakes? How, how do you handle yeah. that? You know, Jesus loves people that are on the journey, and He'll never condemn you if you make a mistake. And I've got lots of people from all over the world that send me their journaling and saying, would you check this out for me? So obviously I pray, but obviously I look at it and say, does this agree with the word of God? And then just most people that send me their journey, there's just fine. And just there's the odd one that I just inkling, I just don't feel comfortable with. And I, I say to them, hmm what were you feeling when you wrote this, uh, what, you know, because it's impure and they're obviously journaling with an idol in their heart. And um, so I, I mentor them and help them to get rid of all of that. And then, uh, so sometimes they say, oh, well, yes, I, mm, this is what I was, this is what I was thinking. And, you know, they know themselves how they got into that. And I say, well, now um, Mark does an amazing, uh, thing called the sea of galilee and it's just music without words that you can download from his website and i say to people look put that music on it it's it's something that really will help you to focus because life's you know the 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 way we want to live is having our focus in the right place you know when i was sick and i got upset about it um god would say to me margaret where is your focus? And I'd go, oh, I got my focus on the pain, on the sickness. I got my focus off of Jesus. Mm. <laughs> so I went, okay, I'll just get into worship. I'll get into your word. And I used to put the word on and let it drop into my soul constantly. I'd go to sleep, listen to the word, I, you know, Hearing God through the word, and, and that's what through the Bible is that I'm, I'm just about to start. It's about reading the Bible devotionally and hearing from heaven yourself, not listening to some, you know, uh, supposedly uh, erudite person uh, talking about the word of God. The secret, I think, is people don't read the word slowly enough. They rush through it. And my friend Rod Anderson, he says, forever he has spoke he's read the word out loud that he reads in the mornings and you know you hear something that you don't hear unless you do that yeah. well you also can... your your subconscious mind hears it when you speak out loud your subconscious mind doesn't hear um thoughts yes and, and the bible says about speaking the word but you know you said a little bit just now you said when you got off track etc god said to you margaret where is your focus now yes. i presume in that moment you weren't doing the quietness you weren't hitting the music you weren't you were on life's way i've had experiences and i'll, I'll share one of mine i had just come back from india or somewhere and i was into a church 
I will say it was in America and it was a multi-million dollar building and the, the carpets were this thick and internally... When you say this thick for people oh, just people listening... Oh, people can't see. Two yeah. inches <laughs> thick or however many. So, um, so I was walking and just internally my eyes were rolling. I, I was... And it didn't last long. I mean, I probably was thinking for 15 seconds. And in a moment, Jesus said to me, Daphne, this is my bride too and that pulled me right back and that was like you said Jesus said to you Margaret where's your focus he said to me Daphne this is your bride so it is possible too to hear his voice in the midst of the chaos sometimes oh yes well of course if if you know life isn't going to be all stillness and quietness and really about the journey it's about your quiet time no. Um, but what you have to do is learn how to live it as a lifestyle. Yeah. No. And I think that's a lifetime's effort myself. Yeah, I guess the, the he, he is speaking to us uh, through these situations, but it's learning which yes. voice is it that I'm hearing is him speaking in the midst of it and, and discerning which yeah. one is, is him. Well, most of my Christian life, naturally, I spent, uh, registering things that God said to me, like, for instance, I'm driving down the road one day and I'm passing a particular house on the left-hand side and God said to me, I want you to buy that house. I went, oh, really? And, uh, you know, we had just finished renovating a property and my husband wasn't in the mood to do anything about moving to another place. And so, you know, I had to... I said, all right, Lord, um, if if you want me to do that, uh, you've got to talk to Tony as well, because we won't do it unless we're in agreement. And, and eventually <laughs> I just kept quiet about it. And a few months down the line, Tony said, well, I suppose it wouldn't hurt to go and look at that house, would it? I said, no, no, it wouldn't, would it? And we went to look at it and he fell in love with it. And that was it. Um, so, in fact, in, God can break into our thoughts at any time. But what we have to do is to really believe that it's God. And my check was the fact that, all right, so it might have been just off my own head, although because I, I knew it wasn't because I was experienced in hearing God. Um, my check was that he agreed you know, uh, for two in agreement, that's the power of the answered prayer, isn't it? Mm. Well, I want to pick up something you just said there, which I think is, is really, really, really important. You know, I hear too many people, too many catastrophes of people like, I hear God say, tell Andrew this this morning. So I get up and when I see Andrew, I tell him and it all goes wrong. He's upset and then God gets the blame because he had told me to and now Andrew's upset and we've got chaos. Now, when you said about you saw that place, you did three things that we say people they must do. You not only heard him, you heard him say how to go about delivering what he said and you also heard when and you didn't yes. just go dashing back to tony and say hey tony you waited you waited for tony and you know we see so much going wrong because people don't say 
what does he say or do when does he say to do it or say <laughs> and how and so I wanted well, to... yes I, I tell you one terrible failure if I can dare to say that so publicly um God spoke to me I want you to build houses and make money now I heard him really clearly but I failed to go back to him and say Lord how do you want me to do this and when do you want me to do right. it now if I'd done that we would not have made the most awful mistake we got involved with another Christian and sadly they were not trustworthy and in fact I have to say that you Daphne said to me are you really going to be involved with this person and I went yes she's a Christian and <laughs> so you know I did assume and we had two years of misery building this house it was awful all because I didn't go back and check the details mm. Mm, so important so so can we take this into today now I mean what you've said Margaret is just fantastic and I really really hope people listening to this use it as an inspiration and a springboard to know more because they can be empowered with this and pastors and leaders you can be empowered so yes. let's take this forward a bit now here we are living today most of the world has been in lockdown Covid is raging End times teaching or eschatology as we know it, it is come to the focus. Thank you, Jesus, that it has come to the focus. Sometimes I think it's a bit late, but you know, that's not my judgment. <laughs> at least at least we're here. <laughs> at least we're here. So people now are moving into these times, right? And and people are focusing on this. Now, taking the principles that you said, and I'm feeding back, I've got it right. One, they're not gonna hear anything that contradicts the word of God. So, for example, if somebody says, God told me there's going to be peace till his return, just a little check in scripture, we know that wasn't him, right? We, people are searching and, and people are looking more and more and more to the news, etc. I must say, I watch, the, I focus on the news more than I ever did. I'm not saying I watch it more, but I focus, I'm looking for keys that tell me this is a sign of the times. This is a sign of the times. This is the sign of the times. Yes. 1 Chronicles 12.32 says, The sons of Issachar knew the signs of the times and what to do. And I think in what you're talking about is, yes, we have to know the signs of the times. And yes. one of the things we must, must do is be able to hear God now and in the coming turmoil that is, is upon us. Right. Well, I, you see, what I, um, I would say is that my journaling, uh, my daily time with God to, is to create intimacy with him and really hear him about me, about what I should be doing in the situation it's not about what the prime minister should be doing right. or what's going on in the outer world that that isn't it now personally um i do have a prophetic ability but i uh i am not looking for prophecies about what's out there i think i could uh, develop that more but i would take 
time to listen to people that I trust who do have that prophetic gift to speak to me about the generalities of what's going on. You see, uh, I have to hear for me, I have to hear for my own life, to keep my own life focused and in line. And I believe, you see, that if I am remaining open to God, open to his voice, then I'll be able to walk through these situations. And actually, uh, whatever's going to happen, it, I hate to say this, but it really doesn't matter in a sense, because if I'm walking straight and walking with God, and I'm in fellowship with others who are walking with God, then, you know, the world can fall down round me and I am still okay. Mm. Wow. Yeah. And... So, Sorry, go on. I, no, I just want to. I'm well, just that's it. That's it. And I, and I, there are actually very few people whose prophetic insight we can trust, as as we see all around us. There are many, many prophets, and actually, I try and tune them out unless I sense I think this man can be trusted because yeah. he's solid in the word and hasn't an axe to grind about anything yeah it's very important people are very disillusioned by the prophetic scene at the minute yeah. um because yeah, well so many people have prophesied that covid would end in the summer so many people have prophesied various things about the elections in america and and so many of them are, have been false uh, they have not come true and so many of the things that you've talked about already are keys for people also being able to discern whether or not someone who's claiming to be a prophet or who has been titled a prophet yeah. is actually a prophet, for example, is what they're saying yeah. lining up with the scriptures. But I, I know, um, I also know that there was one prophet I saw uh, that he posted on social media, um, something to the effect of uh, what the prophet says is, is the ultimate word. Um, and there are so many Christians liking what that person had said that it was really concerning uh and again you know what you said that ultimately if it doesn't agree with the word then there's a big problem um yeah. and so i like that also in in the midst of hearing how we can hear god's voice you're also giving skills or points that people can take to also discern whether or not someone else is also hearing from god well you know in I had an experience. I went to America in 1982 and I was so excited because they'd got Christian television and we switched the television on and there was a man preaching and I went, oh, Tony, there's something really wrong with that man's spirit. I sense there's, uh, I sense there's immorality there and, um, oh, I didn't feel happy about it. Well, um, we switched it off and I felt really sad about it because I thought, oh, um, I was so looking forward to this. Anyway, I was proved right because a couple of years later, it all came out and he was proven to be in an immoral state. And I think that's what we have to trust, isn't it? That God is going to show me uh, not just through the word. I mean, what the man was speaking, there was nothing wrong about it being the word. But do you know what? I just, in my guts, I didn't think it, he was okay. Now, 
God speaks through imperfect people. He speaks, you know, like you look at Abraham. Uh, God used Abraham mightily, but he made a few rather nasty mistakes. And so, but I just think that we can't swallow everything that we hear. We have to be discerning and we have to pray and say, God, is this what you're saying? You know, I'm, I could journal about that. God, uh, should I believe this? And, um, you know, God can guide me about how to manoeuvre my way through what I'm hearing other people say. On the other hand, you know, that prophecy is always conditional on people cooperating with God. And, you know, when, when somebody's prophesied these things, I just think, well, Father, let there be a reciprocal action from the people that this is about, that they fulfill what God really wants. You see, God doesn't always get his will done. You know, we can pray, thy will be done, thy kingdom come. And we see, of course, God doesn't always get his will. Like, it's God's desire that all men be saved. Do we see all men saved? No. So God's will is not being accomplished. I believe that it's God's will to heal everybody. But is everybody being healed? No. So actually, I mean, when I wrote my book, I wrote it because I was fed up with Christians who believe in healing, dying. And, you know, so I speak about what people can do to actually cooperate with God. And if I have a prophetic word and I, I set a lot of store by the prophetic words that I'd had from people that I really trust and I would meditate on those. And, you know, when I was desperately sick, I thought maybe I could die. I could go and be with Jesus. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And then I went, no, I need to pass that by because personally, I don't want to leave my husband. And secondly, I had unfulfilled prophecy on my life and I could focus on that. So, you know, I just think if I am disillusioned about prophecy, I have to maybe hear God about what he thinks about it. And I, and I don't know. Uh, we cannot depend on other people's uh, views. We have to have our own with the word, with what yeah. we believe the word says. You know, we talk a lot about the rise of deception oh. um, and it's everywhere. And, and I say quite openly, if there's one thing I really, really fear, godly fear, I think, is deception. Because how do I know if I'm deceived? I mean, if <laughs> deception deceives. Yeah. So I'm as vulnerable to deception as anybody. Utterly. We, we have to believe that, don't we? We have to know that uh, we could have a weakness in that area at a particular moment. And um, see, I, that's where accountability comes in. Right. And that's where hearing God comes in as well, with accountability, hearing God, being in it together, um, because deception always has some truth tied up in the middle of it as oh, you wouldn't be yes. deceived. So, yes. so you know, does. this is... What you're saying is a huge key too in us walking through the deception. If we stand back from what's going on and we say, okay, what are you saying? Um, it's by their peace, by our peace we will know. I've had, yes. an, I've had something recently 
where um, I have got bombarded, not because um, I have gone looking for it, but people have been looking for help to me and sending me things. And in the end, I had to say to these people, please don't contact me about this. Oh, if you do, I'm not going to open it. I need to draw back because I need to find my own peace in this situation first. Yes. I need to have my own answer. And and it's a bit like on the aeroplane. You've got to put the mask on yourself first. You can't yes. help others. And I knew I wasn't being a lot of help to others because I had no peace in this myself and I'm trying to give them peace. So I had to say, stop, please, please just stop. And I told them why I need to hear from God. So this hearing from God is is not just this sort of surreal out there thing it can be very practical steps we have oh, to take utterly so you know, as people are walking through these days and it's coming and, and think we believe things are going to get rockier it is that <laughs> image that you you gave that the storms may get bigger the boat may toss more it, it the clouds may increase and those storms on galilee they can go high but one thing's for sure is He's doing, I think, one of two things. Either he's up the mountain and he's saying, hang on, I'm just going to come walking over this storm to get you out of here, or he's going to be asleep. And I often, I said to somebody recently, often we feel like the disciples who see and think Jesus is asleep and we need to go and wake him up. But actually, he's well aware of what's happening. Yes, I agree. And... um one of the things that uh, I see is that we cannot react just because something, you know, if, if, if like um, the, the word of God tells us that people can walk on water um, because we know Jesus walked on water. Uh, but if I just think to myself, oh, the word says I can do this, so I'll do it. Um, I'm likely to fall into the water and drown. Um, what Paul, Peter, how Peter walked on the water was that he had a rhema word from Jesus himself. Jesus said to him, come. And that ignited faith in his heart so he could rise up and do it. But then we know, don't we, that when he looked at the storm, he failed and he fell. Mm. And uh, and so I I do know that uh, the general word is a fantastic guide for our lives, but actually what he quickens to us, what becomes rhema rather than just logos is terribly important. Mm. And that's why I would say um, as much as I find grace and mercy when I uh, journal and I hear God's personal word for me, I know that unless I stay, meditating in the word of God, embracing the words, letting it flow into my own heart, then um, I can easily get off course. And, and sometimes, you know, when, um, like when, when we were pastoring a church, I um, felt that, uh, or we both felt that Tony should go full time. He shouldn't be still teaching physics. Um, he should be concentrating on the church. Well, so what I did was uh, we had a ladies meeting and I got them all praying in the downstairs room. And I said, right, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to hear God. 
And so I went up and I knelt by my bed and I said, Jesus, I need you to give me three scriptures, three scriptures that tell me what the truth is. What should he do? And he sought God in the same way. And um, because we couldn't trust our own hearts because we were desperate for him to be able to go full time. And we didn't want to be deceived over it because it involved a lot of other people who whose lives could be hurt. Anyway, so um, I knelt by my bed and into my head came three clear scripture references. I scribbled them down. Well, when I looked them up, I just could hardly believe it was just so clear that God was saying yes. And uh, so really, um, I felt that we had to protect ourselves. And today, in this world, like we're saying, with things so ghastly all around, we must protect ourselves and get truly that rhema wisdom from heaven. Mm. Otherwise, we don't, uh, we don't, uh, we've got a course that could fail and be dangerous. And I've done it a couple of times myself, and I do not want to do it again. So, I'm not about to uh, take risks, especially at this uh, rather crucial time that we seem to be living in. So, Margaret, hey. in, in a minute, I'm going to ask you to pray for people listening that that that, that they would have this clear uh, mandate, this clear communication. I mean, it's called relationship, really. You don't yes. have a relationship with anybody and not engage in conversation because that's what it is it's a conversation with God um, yes. but before I do I just want to say one thing for people listening she's crying again <laughs> which <laughs> that, I do from time that, to time that, that, my co-host crying is Look, a fairly regular cut, thing <laughs> you can just cut that bit out Andrew you don't have to tell the world but I just want people to know that we have sat under your teaching and where we are today is thank you to you Margaret and to Tony oh. because you have been well I think I can honestly say if it wasn't for you we wouldn't be doing these podcasts. We wouldn't have travelled the nations. Now you're crying too. We wouldn't have travelled the nations. And I, I just want to publicly honour you for that. And I want yeah. to say to everybody else, you know, do reach out on this subject. You can trust Margaret. You can trust her husband. And um, so having said that and got over that one, could you um, could you pray for people who are listening and they're all over the world, some in persecuted nations, some not, that they will indeed hear the voice of the Father yeah, speaking. Yes, I will, I will. And I'm grateful for you too, Daphne, and your lovely children. And uh, it thrills me to know and that some of what you do is my fruit. Absolutely. And, and that, that moves me deeply. And, um, and I know that there are, there are hundreds of people, if not thousands. I, people, you know, like people contacted me when I was sick and I'm not seen and heard from for donkey's years. And they were praying for me and sending me uh, words that were so strengthening. And so we, you know, we're so grateful, aren't we, to people in the body that have really touched our lives. And, yes. and thank you for that, Daphne. I so appreciate what you say. And it makes me cry too. <laughs> well, let's so, so, Father, 
Father, dear Father, you know you said in your word that we could hear your voice. You said your sheep hear your voice. So I pray in Jesus' name for every one of your sheep that hear this message, that they will take those steps to learn how to hear your voice, that they'll be able to quiet themselves down, fix their eyes on you, tune to those spontaneous thoughts and write them down. And I pray, Father, that they will have people in their lives that they can check things out with. I pray that they will have a solid uh, understanding of your word, that they'll be able to check things out and stay on track. And Father, I pray for each and every one that they will not fall into temptation and uh, in any way deception. Uh, Father, I ask you, Lord, to put your hand upon each and every person that hears this voice, hears my voice today, touch their lives in the most wonderful way. I pray that the eyes of their heart, according to that Ephesians prayer, will be opened, will be enlightened, that they might know the hope to which they have been called. And I thank you, Father, that uh, it can't be difficult because children can do it. And I just say thank you, Lord, for the children in this world who are sensitive to your voice. Now, pray, Father, that they will be included and taken in as part of all that you want to do in this time. And I say thank you, Jesus, for your great grace and your mercy. That I look into the mirror of your word and I see my identity that I have in you. And I pray, Father, that people's identity will be strengthened, will be confirmed a godly word-based identity. And I thank you in Jesus' name for all that you are doing, that you will protect your people in this time from all of the, I wanna say slings and um, outrage, of outrageous fortune that, that Shakespeare talks about in his word. And I wanna say, let your protection come upon your people today, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Margaret, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. We really, really appreciate it. Well, what a joy. It's a joy. And thank you so much for asking me. Yes, thank God you, bless. Margaret. Thank you for listening to this episode. If it inspired you, please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or another podcast platform.